and we're back welcome back to another practice makes perfect podcast episodes your favorite fortnite commentator here monster deface bringing you guys all the good news of this week the last time we were here we covered a few things and then we took a week off the general fortnite or, or the esports stuff we covered all the fortnite this week now we get to get all caught up on what's developing in the community the gaming community at whole before we start getting into of course this week's episode i want to thank you guys for tuning in with us supporting us week to week and sharing these podcast episodes with that being said don't forget you can leave reviews comment down below send us complaints to fortnitepodcast at gmail.com you can do all types of stuff we're here to listen to you and gather your feedback as we continue to just go down this journey right we were deep into the 2023 year we're approaching basically the halfway mark so i'm happy to continue to pump out episodes as uh, we got john rush and connor joining us back here for this week's course recording here so let's go ahead and hand it on over to my boy john rush what's yo, up yo bro? yo yo what's up everybody just saw the new jordan movie air if you need some like like gas in your engine to create something and do something and disrupt something go see that movie bro i really loved it so i'm doing good i'm on i'm on I, 10 i started watching the last dance again i'm just riding off of like fake athlete hype that's me playing I video games like that haven't seen the the movie you're talking about the the jordan movie air but this this sounds dope i do know whitney houston has a little cover movie up on netflix and i think there's a, a george foreman boxing movie coming out so there's, there's some celebrity coverage movies out there that I, I gotta go ahead and hit up and see what see what they're all about but i'm all about motivation so the last dance i'm with that i'm with that connor we got you hopping back up on here you just arrived from a super long drive shout out to connor man i think last week we guilted him or two weeks ago we guilted him into uh making uh, uh, his appearances more <laughs> consistent so here he is yeah i was getting bullied by the other two on here talking about oh, you show up when you want to you you won't you don't come all the episodes and guys we're busy out here we'd be working just came back from arlington was working an event out there it was super fun super cool but yeah, we're here, and to touch on what John said, sports movies, favorite movies to watch. I love those feel-good sports movies. Like, they're just the best. Yeah, you gotta, yeah, you gotta yeah. watch some movies, and so you don't have to play the sports. That's always my motto. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's good stuff. And yeah, shout out to uh, yeah, shout out to Connor Man working hard, just coming in like you said from Arlington, working some esports events out there, production in the booth, behind the scenes, plenty of photos and stuff like that. I think he's pumping up Twitter as well at Connorio underscore. So go ahead and check out Connor's stuff online. But let's go ahead and start hopping into what's going on this week, man. We have I want I want to begin right here, like out the gate. New Battle Royale, Project V, biggest creators that we have in today's era of gaming fusing together coming together and hinting at the idea of them launching their own br basically by the players for the players kind of like the, the practice server motto if you will <laughs> by the pros for the players this is by the creators for the users for the for the people that consume the content john let's begin with you man let's just get initial takes how do we feel when we saw this powerhouse of, of a it's not even a trio. It's not even a quad. It's it's a penta. It's a five man team here. Penta kill. Yeah, bro. I I think it's brilliant because it's being built in Fortnite. Like that's not that is that in and of itself is such a leg up for them and a statement of the future. There's so many things I think about that. I mean, number one, it'll it'll be should be cheaper. Should take less time. If it sucks. Uh, easier to rebound because you're like you know but i'm like i'm pumped about it bro like the characters like what really got me excited was the character models of it and it made me think what i feel like they were hinting at is more of an approach to a br where it's even hot more highly customizable like you can put yourself in the game more like an mmo 
I'm excited about it. I think it's brilliant. Honor, first takes. You see all the big boys come together, the headline superstars. What do you think? Well, I think one of the coolest parts is being built in Unreal Engine Fortnite. So it's being built in there. So they're going to build a game inside of Fortnite, which is what Epic was trying to get done with the release of the Unreal Engine Fortnite. They want, they want developers to make games inside that engine. So, I mean, it'll be cool to be on, like, Fortnite's, like, engine on the same, like, dynamic-wise with animations and all that, I'm assuming, but with different models and most likely a whole different game. Yeah, with that being said, also, big shout-outs to Oni Studios. This is Cypher PK's, basically, baby. It's his, it's his company that he's been building up. Oni Studios just recently, if you want to call it, like, co-launched or like an asset of theirs is this new super joy studios once again this is kind of their compartment where they are building games they basically put together i'm assuming tons of amazing contractors that are going to do awesome work as inquiries come in to build video games specifically by the way within fortnite so they obviously had the leg up they had the conversation they had the ear to the ground early on enough to know that okay unreal engine 2.0 is coming out fortnite's doing this whole thing in the game this is an opportunity for us to build something on top of it and cypher pk positioned himself and took advantage to get a skilled enough team in place to build video games for when this thing went public which here we are today so that company is super joy feel free to search them up on twitter pretty much that's the, like their number one spot right now i think they have anywhere from 30 to forty thousand followers already and possibly growing it last i checked at least with these big announcements from ninja nick Merckx, and everyone backing the project i assume it's going to continue to to go up but they're off to such a successful launch already and this is the first of i would say probably many projects they're working on now again with this company and cypher pk being the the owner and kind of pumping it out there there's a level of expectation we have for like you said that the projects to be pretty good right so do we think they are going to be able to live up to the expectation john rush i mean you kind of hinted at it early you think this is cannot fail type situation yeah so interestingly enough a uh, project oni studios has 54,000 followers and Oni Studios itself has been very highly that that's that's the whole company for Cypher PK that's the big one it's it's been very heavily marketed they've done all these big release videos Project V itself just the game's Twitter account has 52,000 followers already so you can tell just what a big deal it is like you said when these creators are getting together I I don't like, honestly I'm optimistic about it uh I really am I think a big question for me, though, I'm curious what you guys think in terms of how good it'll turn out is what's Epic's role in this? Is Epic going to spike the deck and maybe give them a little spice on the side because they know they need this to win? Is Epic threatened by this? Does this hurt Epic Games? Does this hurt Fortnite or does it help Fortnite? It only helps it. It's being built on Unreal Engine, Fortnite's engine. So you still have to download Fortnite to even be able to play it because that's how you get all these maps. Dang. So the so they are, they are, they they love this. This is exactly what they made it for. They are like, let's go. We have, we're going to have millions of people off all these guys seeing the map, seeing what's going to be built and what can be built inside Unreal Engine. That's just going to have more and more people using it, developing more and more revenue for them. This is, this is amazing for them. And, and just to talk about like how Cypher in particular has been positioning himself to continue to capitalize on this, just 
what two weeks ago april 15th he put out like a, a call to action to unreal engine fn builders and he's like hey i'm gonna host a build competition here's the catch you can build a map or an item within three days or in the next three days and then we'll pick three winners and i will buy you that item in real life that video ended up being over a million plus views the original so he's like literally taking this build you build it i'll buy it for you idea now transitioning it to what like this whole 2.0 creative kind of situation That's is so but also he's fielding unreal engine creators like hungry people real developers that are willing to get down get their hands dirty take a stab at getting involved and then possibly giving them opportunities so like cypher's not only playing the the whole like dude i'm gonna build awesome companies but he understands the marketing and leveraging his following he does such an excellent excellent job and he's just one of the five behind this new project v so i think when it comes down to whatever this game is going to become or right. be i mean there's gonna be eyes on it there's gonna be hype generated and this is just the beginning so i want to read from the project v twitter i think they're already doing a good job engaging the community because the question I was just about to ask you guys is the same question that they're asking the community is what, what has been missing from the BR genre? That what's the gap that's the void they're going to fill. So the first question that they asked, they just did a poll saying asking third person mode, first person mode, or both uh, 22% of people have asked for third person, first person, 34% of the votes and 43% of people wanted both which is interesting to me. Do you guys think that on that point, they mean an option within the same mode or different modes? They would probably do it just how PUBG has it. Cause PUBG, mm. you can queue into first person or you can queue into third person. So whoever, whatever one you want, you got the best, best of both worlds. You just pick whichever one you want. And of course, inspired by H1Z1, where again, when you got into the shotgun battles, you went first person, like it was yeah. on and popping. When you walked in those buildings, you went first person. You were on the defensive side. You were in third person. Yeah, you still have a small advantage. That did not mean you were going to win when you swung out and, and beat an opponent. The better player will beat you to the draw almost every single time. Dang. There's something very special about H1Z1, whatever that game was. And although we don't have the doc on this star-studded roster of five here, he did, of course, respond to it. And, I, and I'll get to what he talked about soon. But the reason I bring him up is because he loved what the H1Z1 game was. That was like the yeah. original Battle Royale that really started breaking boundaries away from the mod that was Arma 2 and kind of opened up this entire category for the, I would say, the, the wider spectrum of gamers to start participating and playing in. Yeah, so they go on ass on Twitter, and I'd like to hear your guys' answer. What's a feature that doesn't exist in your favorite battle royale game that you wish existed. A couple of the mm -hmm. top tweets, a friend of the program, Sancho says progression unlocks for wins. I mean, he, he said, he goes on to explain a cosmetic that is earned from winning a certain number of times per season. I think that's great. Obviously Fortnite has a little bit of a nod there with the umbrellas, but more stuff like that. I think I also agree. It's very, very cool. A huge call of duty account that we're actually going to be circling back to later in the program, modern Warzone. This is a big one. Fully customizable private matches with a wor working spectator mode that includes a free cam. And let's see. And then Funo says, who's just, says H1Z1 style ranking system, including inclusive with cosmetic rewards for placing in highest rank that season. Um, he says no other game has gotten it right since. That's just a couple of the responses. But the tweet itself uh, has 949 comments and it was posted only a couple hours ago. What do you, what do you guys think? What comes to mind when, when you're thinking about what's missing from your favorite battle royale? For me, like, I'll just hop in here. I'm reading some of the comments and one that stands out to me. I like this idea of maps and modes 
almost being generated as you queue in just to kind of keep this randomizer feel going there has to be something that keeps the games feeling fresh and a reason for you to come back something to me that that speaks to me is that level of just unknown yeah i like the idea of of course things kind of staying the same and whatnot but i, I love the idea of being able to explore like what would happen if things were procedurally generated in a cool way on a br like already there's this loop factor right where you want to queue and queue and queue and win 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 but what happens when you have to do that and you have the challenge the mental challenge of like navigating treacherous new spaces there's something really cool there that can be in br i think that's what made some of like dark and darker tarkov and a couple of those other really hardcore games those extractor games really appealing is because you never really know and you're kind of randomized as far as the, where you start the game and the things you can interact with in the game so there's something That's special fire. i think i think i want a true ranked mode and my idea for a true ranked mode is in, in a like, game like fortnite yes i mean mm -hmm. let me let me cook so you have your leaderboards, you know, you can do the duo one, trio one, squads, whatever the game's going to be, however you have it. You have just long ladders, like how we've done in the past, like third party scrim discords. But you just have like two, three week long ladders. You, certain times a day you can play every day. High action, like pro level games that you would get and the winner gets like 500 bucks. I don't know, whatever it is, something like that. Like a true ranked mode where players will actually compete and try for it. Is something that no other game really has besides like maybe counter-strike and that's like, that's even assuming, party and like you said i'm assuming like some type of seasonal or monthly style resets a true leaderboard that reflects skill set in and the players participating because the problem is right now with the way most of the brs are tracked it's like how much time can i sink into this to yep. spam wins or spam this inflationary number that doesn't really mean it equals your skill totally with you that there has to be some kind of weighted elo system that would be phenomenal to keep but yeah there are other games that are doing successful ranking systems clearly league of legends valorant and counter-strike are three of the first big few that come to mind as far as people have been playing these games for years right maybe valorant not so much but valorant's derivative of riot games team anyway so they got the formula down packed there's nothing wrong there uh but yeah for years trying to get the top ranks yeah, I, I don't know if I don't know if you guys looked into it at all, but I was seeing on Twitter Valorant released their own tournament mode called Premier or something sick. like that. Yep, I'm not sick. I'm not fully I don't know fully about it. I just saw tweets about it, but I saw people making teams and like climbing a ladder. I don't know if anyone has more info on that or like a so, quick summary. But the way Valorant the Valorant system works, you can play. Basically, they took the Fortnite model. Anyone open bracket, anyone can come in and play. In the best get rewarded. In their instance, you basically can join with any team you can work your way up from being absolute nobodies all the way up to the top and then you get a slot at basically like vct like the real stuff oh, where the league and the org owners are buying in for these franchise big dollars those spots are now accessible from people that play from the from the mud all the way up to the top now you do have to fight a little harder right because you're not a signed professional player or anything like that there's a there's a whole ringer you have to go through but if you get that far i mean clearly you're one of the best like you're great so they, awesome. they do have a really, really dope system, but they're they're piggybacking off of the innovation of Fortnite for sure. Open. Yeah, I, uh, you know, we have a lot of other topics we want to talk about, but we love BRs on this program and we love comp and comp BRs are the culmination. So I want to say I love both y'alls. Um, uh, and the thing that I would add to it, I would take both those things, a real ranked mode, something that has real stakes and ever, ever evolving battlefield. What I would change is I would add into a 
a dynamic world, I would add dynamic PVE options uh, or events. Maybe they're not fully always a monster. Sometimes it is, but maybe it's a volcano or something to that nature. And then I would also add, I would add in that the rewards would be for a season more than cosmetic, meaning there is a very real leg up you get from winning season one. You have the season two sword or your, your battle rifle in season two has 10% or an, a mag or whatever that, that then after a year or whatever, it gets wiped or six months. There's a season where it does go away. But I just think to me, the most addicted I've ever been to games is, is we always talk about in this program, vanilla world of Warcraft, because when you saw that dude walking around with an Arcanite Reaper, you knew that it wasn't just cooler looking. You knew that he was better than you. So I know it's a controversial, like what I just described, I feel like is every pro player's nightmare, but I think it sounds so fun. And then there has to be a separation, right? The difference is when you start getting into what is going to be that pure competitive mode. Yeah, maybe maybe you don't have those carryovers. Maybe all the values are the same and we boil you down to cosmetics. But whatever the other play-to-play -play option is, yeah, there could be some some crazy stuff there. MMOs are just where it's at. Just like they're addicting. <laughs> and there's a lot of things there. And Connor's shaking his head. But literally, you play Rust, bro. Rust it's is an MMO. Rust an is an MMO. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You're developing your character for a limited time. You get That's fair. Sense. That's fair. You're okay. It's, it's the same kind of thing in a much different way. But anyway, let's keep jumping on. I want to talk about Doc for a second. Doc does end up taking a, a, a jab basically at the project v video uh, the concept video that was dropped or the image in pure doc fashion laughing at them and saying like ha 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 like yeah what you think y'all making something cool because obviously he's making his own game but i think he did that as a means to support them because obviously if he's tweeting about it it's giving them publicity but he's still in character so i love that he's basically uh you know, crapping on their product, but you know, in a fun way that, that speaks to Docs. And it'll be a completely different uh, yes. rollout and audience dead drop. I think it's going to take more of a Tarkov like audience. I think it's going to take more of your, your CS people. Your, like, I don't I think, think it's like going to clash. Gay, I see yes, like yes. the halo type hype, like all those people that love these arena first person style. Yeah. Shooters that really enjoy that level of competition, that style, that arena style. Yeah, they're they're gonna feel it. They're gonna feel it when Dead Drop drops. I mean, Connor, you've uh, is it is it possible you get to talk about anything from what you've played in? Because this is like kind of public, yeah. right? Like anyone can buy a key, basically. Yeah, I, I played just a little bit, not a lot, but it's basically like a Tarkov battle royale. If that makes sense, you right. can spawn in with like saved loot you have, or you can run around and loot normally. And the goal is to either extract or be the last one alive. So yeah, and it's super fun. It's, it's pretty cool. It's it's a great game concept. We all know it's a great game concept. Now, visually and whether or not they can execute and then make it feel special, that's the challenge that they're working their way towards. But let's go ahead and move on to some other stuff here we want to cover on the program. Kaisenot and Twitch have been like consistent topic for us. Twitch in particular, as Twitch has just been on this tumultuous journey over the last like 24 months or so the last two years just tough for twitch they get w's they have received more l's though and uh right now they have a power struggle with their biggest creator i would say the biggest creator before is probably nick Merckx, and they had a power struggle with nick Merckx too that was during the TwitchCon kind of situation and he hosted his own event during that time here comes the boom of aiden ross kai Sinat, like and now they have this 
new existing clash against these new creators obviously aiden ross being permanently banned from the platform now a kick streamer but kaisana is pushing buttons here john ross she's like dude i dare you to, yeah, to, to I, take me out of here i dare you we got a short audio clip that we'll play for you guys kind of detailing um yeah is this filtered if not, I'll, I'll, I skip 30 I'll, seconds. I'll bleep it. I'll bleep it in post uh, if we need to. And well, um, this is just Kai um, reacting to yeah, showing this band streamer on Twitch, and this is this is what he said. I'm not getting banned. I'm not getting banned. I'm not getting banned. I'm not getting banned. If I get banned, everybody who I see react to this better get banned too. And that's what am I then, nigga? I dare you. I dare you. Oh, I dare you. Oh, I dare you. But yeah, it's saying I dare you. Twitch, please ban me. That's that's wild. Yeah, so he he ends up showing off the iShow Speed clip. iShow Speed's another uh, person that basically they're just like, dude, we don't we don't need these creators on our platform. They're banned. Twitch has a weird policy. If you show a person who was banned from their platform on broadcast, you are also treated with the same level of hostility. Like they will strike down your channel. Really, really weird. Like we're talking. You could have been banned for anything, but if you're a permanently banned streamer, you can't even show up visually, let alone sometimes even in audio form. We've seen people banned for having a conversation with the doctor disrespect on stream, and that it's just it's just a crazy hostile policy they have against banned uh, folks on the channel. Connor, I mean, you you've seen Klasenot's kind of journey develop over the over the last couple of months. Where do you think this is all going? Like. Is is the towers? Are we are we building a a card tower here? Is are we like a one gust of wind away from knocking down this whole Twitch thing? Like what what's going on here? The way I see it is, I saw a lot of people saying this on Twitter, and I agree. I think Kai has a giant kick contract sitting there waiting to be signed if Twitch around and does that. So I think. So you think he's gassing it up? Yeah, I think Kai's like, hey, if they want to ban me, I'll go get my millions from Kick. I don't care. I seriously think that's what's going down here because Kai, you heard in the clip ban me do it please i beg you to do it i saw people saying it and i was like you know that's, that's smart it might be what's happening yeah i think you know so stream stream charts twitter account posted in q1 the most active uh, twitch channels and kai obviously is number one in terms of active chatters Six hundred and seventy-five thousand people active in his in his chat and in terms of viewers as well, he was the most watched with 52 million. XQC's 39. After XQC's 39, it drops pretty sharply at Gauls. G-A-U-L-E-S. I don't know that guy. eBay. How do you say his name? I buy eBay. 21. Huge yeah. guy in America. I buy freaking legend. And it goes to, then everyone kind of like, there's a lot of people at 20 million. But uh, I feel like that conversation, I think Connor's probably right. And I think, what we have to remember is that like Twitch is a company with a board and like boards weigh in on these decisions. And I think that like, I feel as if this is probably a very complex situation within Twitch where literally board members are arguing with presidents are arguing with moderators. They're going back and forth on the, the long-term cost, cost risk ratio, everything. And, I, and I've had the pleasure of like literally sitting down with some of the heads at Twitch in different settings. Uh, my most recent sit down was actually during the streamer bowl or basically the Super Bowl week. I was there with the president of Twitch and the vice president of global partnerships and just folks that really care about, and I use air quotes when I say care because some people don't believe this. They don't think they care at all. But, you know, I get, I get a sense of, of genuine care from Twitch 
they don't want to see their platform fail, right? The current president, he was he stepped into this role. He's trying to take on this product and make it the best thing that he can. And and so are all the other people that have roles at the business. Now, whether or not that is reflected or 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 I guess that sentiment is shared from the consumer side or the streamers, the people making the content, you know, that that's where we have the problem today. And when you have your biggest creators fighting back, you have a true problem. Like you have literally your worst case scenario. They have utilized your platform to gain massive success and wealth. And now all the power lies with them. And this is a new turning type of situation we see happening everywhere where the creators are the ones in power. And they are realizing that they have all the attention. They can you know, make the millions in the advertiser areas without the need of big corporate. And this is probably the first time in history big corporate is losing to individuals, literally individuals, not people with big teams and mega other organizations, like literal people with massive communities that are extremely influential. They're just losing to those guys. Hollywood, arguably controlled by agencies, the rap industry, the same thing. But like this gaming space, not controlled at all. It's like, it's free. The creators are pretty much free in this space. And it, it shows with how much conflict we see, right? Between big business creator. Oh, and it's just controlled by how much you advertise yourself. Like you right. don't you don't need everyone else to advertise for you. You one viral TikTok nowadays can make you famous overnight if you do it right. So like it's they, it's the balls in your court. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Well, and just to put in reference to of like, you know, like how, how factual, how real do we have any example to see if what Monster's saying is true? Well, one example is like Aiden Ross switching from Twitch to Kick. He's been maintaining sixty thousand viewers regardless of like platform change like and while kick itself has been holistically has not like caught on to the numbers of twitch at all it just shows you right there that people are loyal to their to their their people or possibly even more powerful maybe it's a maybe half of it is a new audience well that's just as appealing and I, what i see here is not just is not just i see how other big corporations see this and they could be playing people like i bet you kai's got more than just kick in his pocket I bet you yeah. he's got offers from other people. Oh, do this, this other thing, or we're trying to start this. We're trying because I do. I think Monster's one hundred percent correct. The people with money understand you. Ne you can't necessarily buy what Kai Sinet has right now, but yet you can buy it. Like they can buy yeah. it. You can't buy your way to get there. But once once someone like him is there, it's probably really smart for whatever company to try to position themselves around him. So he, he's got a lot of leverage, I would imagine. And let's not forget, while all this is happening everywhere in all these different spaces, YouTube just keeps their head down they keep everyone just making money that's the thing about youtube at the end of the day they're consistent they're there you know big google's got your back the ad rev is good on youtube and it doesn't matter like i've seen some very interesting responses from folks like fwiz and a couple of people up at the top of the chain of youtube when they respond to like people saying oh you guys are losing in the, in the gaming category dude their responses are so savage like hey we got you know trillions of minutes watched and what are these guys got like it's nothing right like they they just drop subtle like painstaking jabs that they're like yeah you think we're not winning, but meanwhile we own everything right like like they have it unlocked so well, crazy stuff going on here between Kai Sinai and Twitch just in general. Yeah. Uh, John, I'll, I'll let you give your final thoughts here, but all, all in all, man, it's just become more and more clear. The creators are 
They're walling out here. They're walling out. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> this this next this next bit is very connected in terms of how there are some companies that yeah they own a bigger piece of the pie. Um, and so Kick, who is the the alternative to Twitch in many ways, or the future represents it, just had to change some very people initially thought were core tenets to their approach to content because they have to show up on the app store. Similar to that though, to kind of land the plane on your, your prospect of YouTube, bro, Google fiber is coming for you. YouTube is literally backed by people who are going to not only provide the content, they're going to provide the freaking internet that you use to upload the content. There's just a bigger game plan. And I, I just switched Google fibers available in my neighborhood. They sent me a letter. They sent people to my house. They have sent me emails. They, I've had a letter from Google Fiber in my mailbox once a week. No, no lie for about six months. And honestly, the only reason why I didn't switch is just like normal laziness, you know? And so this weekend right. I, called, I called up my other provider, which that provider, you can't even like, can't, so stupid. You can't even cancel on the website. So I had to call them, talk to a real person and just let them know. And defeat in that person's voice because they now are competing against Google's much higher quality service and much lower price. It's just, it's just crazy. And so there is a huge, huge thing to say about YouTube, not just, not just controlling the minutes watch, but Google being a bigger entity. So similarly, Kick just a couple weeks ago had to, had to increase their moderation on nudity and sexual conduct on the platform to fall in line with the, app, the Apple App Store's policies that are blanket statements to the entire App Store, every app on there, which begs the question, does, a, does a, an app like Kick, does a company like Kick really even have an opportunity to disrupt content if they have to be subject to someone like Apple? What are your guys' thoughts on this? I think, I think this is crazy because the whole reason Kick has gotten it, it, it's, its ridiculous start in the momentum is because they're like, they're like the, the, the bad kid in the group. You know, they're, they're doing what they want the way they want it to. And Twitch is more or less the goody two shoes who's trying to like conform to the rules. In, you know, put the policies in place, follow the copyright laws, right? Strike people down and keep the platform clean and inclusive, right? So all these things kind of mixing together, you know, the, the health guidelines, right? They're playing all these narratives. There's so much politics involved in like Amazon and, and Twitch in particular that it effectively drove is driving creators away. And that's where like Kick was positioned perfectly to come in and take advantage. But when you have to start following the rules of big corporate app store rules are just the beginning. Like Apple having their say and having their way is just the beginning. If kick wants to get monetized with big advertiser dollars from the likes of Google and their entire, you know, all the spaces that they get all this money from, it's not going to happen without them literally being a carbon copy clone of Twitch and all the other platforms that have to play ball in order to make the money. And it's very clear that, we're just one step in that direction. It's inevitable. Yeah, I mean, let's not forget, we all know Apple does not play with that. They had a giant year, year two, three-year-long long suit with Epic Games for Fortnite about money and following terms and all that. Which continues. Apple, yeah, it's still going on. Apple does not play at all. If you don't follow what they say, you are off the App Store and you're not getting back on, no questions asked. And, and not to mention just... Again, little side note, Apple is moving in a whole direction about like trying to monetize or, or tackle the way funds are being spent. Like they're kind of 
opening these low interest or these return interest rates on your money. So like they're basically becoming like credit card company essentially is the best way to put it. Do you think PayPal is winning in like the, the transaction space? Apple continues to take transactionary revenue and they're making like returns on your money now. Like they are also trying to take over the world. Like you have all these key players. This is like a much bigger game. Yeah, Apple is seriously turning into a bank. I saw them and they yes. announced the they're they're opening savings accounts with like four percent return on your like if you put money that, in there, that, which is crazy thing. nowadays. Which is four yes. percent is wild. So like they are trying to take over the world, like you just said. They're trying to take it over. Which uh, so, which again the the layer above that is how companies like Apple and Meta get brought in front of Congress in different countries, and so it's just in one sense it does feel like man, how much does that impact your day to day life? Um, probably more than we would think about. And I think that uh, some of these conversations can jump up to those levels very quickly when you guys are talking about like, yeah, like how much money is that 4%? Like, think about that. How many people are employed by that 4%? And will that 4% ever change? Like, it's just, it's crazy. I think it's, I think it's, a, I think it's very interesting to see and props to kick for tweeting it. I guess they had to, um, mm -hmm. but it does definitely feel like a big slap on the wrist for like everything they were trying to be for sure. Yeah. And you know, like I said, this is probably the first of, to me, this is a red flag for the kick platform. And I say that if you're someone who's thinking about making the jump, making the swap, the moment people realize kick is just a copy pasted version of Twitch with different people moderating the platform. I'm not really sure that's enough to keep them head of the competition. I'm not sure if it's enough to appeal to the mon to the to the sponsors that have to come on board in the advertising money because if that ad money doesn't come in there's a, there's a a finite timeline i think between when like today and when that day comes if it ever does come before they say all right we're we're just spending a lot of money here yeah it's an advertising tool for like all the gambling and and the other stuff that we you know promote for the other side products but it's probably not the best spend today because the bigger the platform grows if what twitch is, twitch said is true the more expensive it becomes to run and that's where you have these problems that twitch have where they're like yeah forget the 70 30 split we're going down to 50 50 we need to start cutting costs and making money where we're spending money so big stuff there kick is basically now in a what, what i look to be a timed race it, and it's really yeah. really evident now that the race is on and the clock is ticking absolutely yeah i uh let us know like in the in the comments of this episode on social media like just let us know your thoughts on 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 this topic like is is it, is it a good thing that that these companies can control these things what would be the alternative have there been any cases in the world where you know i wonder like sometimes when we get down this rabbit hole I'm like man how did like tv develop there is a history to some of these things even like if you research television uh when television started the government get like the way that it's written the government gave the airwaves to the companies. That's just like, even that is like, that's crazy to me. Like, what do you mean gave? Like, so <laughs> it's very interesting. Like, yeah, we own this military space, but you know, y'all can use some of this radio airwave like, space we've like, been using for like, years. Like, that's why they telecoms. legally, certain TV producers, they have to show certain election coverage. Like that was the, the one thing that like Congress wow. wrote. It's like a congressional rule 
But it's just crazy to think that living in the internet era that there was a time where it's like the government was like, yeah, see, you wanna you wanna put on your 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 screen your screen <laughs> stuff, man. Yeah, you know. I'm, I'm like, sure it sounded just like that. <laughs> just like that. What happened? Yo, a couple other like quick bullet topics to hit on here as we start approaching the end because we're we're pushing about 40 minutes here. So ho hope y'all have been enjoying yourself. World of Warcraft Hardcore, just real quick, has made a, a huge resurgence and comeback so much. In fact, Blizzard has started to entertain the idea of building out standalone World of Warcraft Hardcore products, which is super cool because the entire World of Warcraft classic community has had this huge uptick so far reaching in fact og streamers like summit 1g who's continued to make tons of content and summit put out one of the best tweets here john he, he tweeted out dude for like the last 20 years i've been playing the same three games counter-strike daisy and world of warcraft like i found that to be so good like because yeah. i'm like dang me too bro like, yeah. like, <laughs> me too and uh of course the um the primary difference like there's been a lot of iterations of world of warcraft classic retail a lot of vernacular private servers etc etc if you haven't watched it, and Connor, you have to watch this, go just watch some of these videos because the main premise is if you die, you die. If you die in this game, your character is deleted. It's deleted. Gone. And so the reactions alone, tense, how tense things are when you're walking into fights and how slow and like everything, and like it is hilarious. And I think, again, it shows you people want things to be on the line in the games that they play. So it is really cool to see some classic games being reiterated. It just says that not everyone wants a spoon-fed, easy-to-play game that everyone can excel or be good at. There is a niche, select amount of gamers that enjoy really difficult challenges. And there's a market for it, and there's clearly uh, even more people that want to watch this stuff. Because I may not want to play that. But I will sure as heck sit down and watch you struggle and you go through the pain and enjoy the journey through the lens of a viewer and consume that type of stuff. So very, very cool stuff. That's why World of Warcraft has hardcore in particular, huge resurgence. Also, I think in parallel, helped the classic servers, like the era, the original game, just continue to become yeah. popular again as well. New games also coming out, though, just big hits here. Let's just go ahead and, and run these down, uh, John. Run me through X Defiant, this this Call of Duty clone, if you will. Yeah. But it looks like a good Call of Duty clone if they can get a couple of their server issues fixed. Yeah, so X Defiant is, is really indicative of a big debate happening in the gaming community. And I propose, boys, that we devote, Monster and I did this once, I think it was around Christmas, where... Instead of going topically news-wise, we, we broke down just one idea, principle of gaming from a competitive, competitive perspective. And I, would, I propose that we, we talk about skill gap in video games for a whole episode. We, we literally think about it, we research it, we bring up case studies. Because I think it's a very interesting idea because uh, movement players, so to speak, this is the angry people online. They, they, are, they, they look at games that have a high premium on character movement and positional ability. They... They basically liken that to a, a high skill gap and games that don't have that Warzone being the Warzone 2 being the biggest one are really frustrating to them. So a lot of Call of Duty players have been really frustrated with the new Call of Duty's movement. There have been side-by-side -side videos shown of 2007 Call of Duty versus modern Call of Duty and movement speed, strafing speed, uh, default ADS is faster in 2007. A lot of players are asking, why is that? We want a faster paced game, more fun. So X Defiant Honestly, it looks like Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. It looks like Call of Duty from 2012, and uh, a lot of people like it, but at the same time, it just looks like a straight-up clone. I have 
I have yet to play it, but I have watched FaZe Jev's videos on it all the time because Jev is hilarious with games. And from what I've seen, it, okay, it has the same style as COD, but I think it's just trying to go back to the old days of gaming, how you said, like 2007 gaming. It's trying to go back to, the, to those times of gaming. And I mean, they have ex-professional players on the development team, which I think is amazing for the game. They have Aix, who's one of the best Call of Duty players of all time. I'm on Twitter and I see him answering questions about this and we're going to change this. We're going to do this and that. And I think X Defiant has a real chance to be a player in, in the space. And I think it has a good future. Yeah. And it has a cool name, X Defiant. Like, you know what I mean? It's got this nice little role to it. I could see there being the competitive kind of scene that develops around it because what's going to happen is just that once they have a really good product, the, the pro teams and, and the grindy, sweaty players are going to start coming up and they're going to want to compete in it. And that that's what makes it fun. Just kind of tying this in a little bit, though, talked about movement and side-by-side and -side comparison, how 2007 looked faster than today. I find that to be kind of interesting because you would think today's attention span with the youth is literally shorter, like because of all the shorts types of platforms, TikTok, you know, short content on YouTube, etc. Attention span seems to be at an all-time low you would think twitchy, high speed, quick games, in and out, action punches, that would be the way the games would also reflect. So why is it that there's more games going in the other direction? Uh, is it is it like a balancing act that's happening right here? Like a yang and a yang? Like, yeah, everything's so fast. So like the slow games, the methodical approach, the hardcore, like, is that why it's kind of having an upswing? Well, I was, I was going to ask you guys, do you feel like the same... Does the logic behind what you're asking apply to the to why we have Fortnite zero builds? Or do you think it's a, that is that a similar logic? Was it not responding to that that which I can't help but think it's a little bit of like a nod to like either older gamers or less proficient gamers for making sure that they don't I, feel like I they think, get lost. I think the products are very different. And I think the response zero build, Epic's response to creating zero builds was more so much different. That was the based around the conversation of do skill gaps belong in games forget movement skill gaps general skill gaps like fortnite build is a skill gap ahead of like zero builds that's i think that's where that is not necessarily linking to what i was trying to talk about like attention span in like game theory yeah. like how games are why wouldn't call of duty just keep it fast well i don't know i I think it's because their player base is older, just being honest. I know we're talking about COD here, but I got beef with these, like, movement players. Me too! Tell like, them, I just, like, like, when I watch these videos, they're on the most random games ever. If you want movement, go to Counter-Strike. That game has the hardest movement. I put 2,000 hours of my life into practicing Counter-Strike movement so I could have good B-hops and good strafes. Like, these guys are on, like, Crunker on a web browser app. They're on some random game with a 1,000 players talking about this game has the best movement and then you're listening you're watching and it's all clunky and it just does not look good i don't know i got beef with the movement well, players because well, they're going to like the easy games for it. go go get a challenge in your life but, but connor, connor wouldn't you say that 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 while movement is a core value of counter-strike it's not twitchy movement it's like a lot of the like it's like all these kids it just seems like they're playing they want a game with jetpacks and they want a game where you're rewarded for being on 20 cents on a on a controller or like or being a mouse and keyboard player. Like, like I don't feel like Counter-Strike movement counts in their book. They want Twitch. I guess. I mean, you could make it Twitchy if you really wanted to. But no, I see what you're saying. They want the flick left, flick right, go up, down, left, right, do a 360, and then shoot a guy. They want that stuff. And 
that's that's not Counter Strike, but it's still a movement heavy based game if you yeah. make it like that. Well, that that's why people love Splitgate because you're going through a portal and you get like blinked into a whole new environment. You have to quickly scan it, see if you see anyone, blink out. Like, like there's this kind of thing mm. happening there. Yeah, there there's for sure. I feel like Apex has that, good. Like movement. I said, even that wasn't that great. I feel like Apex, Apex has, has good, good movement. movement. I think Apex has amazing like, movement. I, I don't I don't prefer a lot of the other elements of Apex, but I feel like it just decent sprint speed. I like that different champions have different sprint speed. I like that it's a very simple mechanic to put away your weapons and like augment your sprint speed. I like that sliding has a little bit of a boot. It just feels it feels very simple and it feels like it just feels good. I feel like Apex movement is honestly in modern games like the best I've played. Some this of the movement stuff I've seen in Apex is wild. This could be a hot take though, but like Fortnite does not have good movement. No, they don't. It's it's stiff. You're the sprinting is stiff. Yeah, you might take off and feel good while you're sprinting, but like everything after that moment, pretty bad. <laughs> when pretty Fortnite bad, had bro. B hopping, that was good movement. They took B hopping out. From from in all the in all forms and styles, they took ramp phasing, hopping out like the Fortnite was moving in a direction that dude movement was pretty sick. Yeah, they it's had great movement. Much worse. It's gotten much worse, which is weird to think because they literally added sprinting and jumping and all uh, like climbing and things like that. But the game actually has worse movement now. It's way more stiff now. Well, I think an interesting thing as we as we wrap this topic. See, guys, this is worth the whole the whole discussion. Um, <laughs> is a lot of the the movement that now is being expected to be designed in game were actually they weren't hacks or glitches but they were combinations of pre-existing features that produce those movements so like slide canceling and like and like like just different things that that were not necessarily always like built into the game intentionally i feel like and i think that players got there was something really cool to like almost felt like you were doing something more and i think these players just feel i think what i do where I do feel for them is I feel like they feel limited. I feel like they do feel like there is a limit to their ability for outplays. And I don't know what the answer is though, because I agree with Connor. I don't think that spazzy movement is just like, like, have you guys ever played overwatch? Yeah. Like yeah. You know, hero tracer. <laughs> Gotta go. You know, like that's how I feel like these kids want games to be. And I'm like, mm -hmm. that's just, that just doesn't feel like, when I think of an FPS specifically, I think of there's my enemy. I'm going to outshoot you. I think shoot like the shooting has to be the primary skill function of the game. But maybe that's because I'm 30 and I'm a freaking boomer. You know, <laughs> like, I don't know. Javier, this is, do you remember in H, the movement they had in H1? You could drop and roll. You could you could swap car seats. You could swap seats in a car. Yep. And then they also had like the one glitch movement where you would slide on the ground. You would like, I remember you would jump, switch to your binoculars, then crouch. And on your screen, you're standing up. On everyone else's screen, you're zooming around and doing it. I use that a lot because, you know, movement. But yeah, like they had some pretty cool like mechanics for outplay that were simple if you didn't do like the cheese one. Like the drop and roll, you could all the like the little things they had. Like they didn't have amazing movement, but the outplay I think is what you need in games. Yeah, outplay has to be there, and and also like discoverability. Like players are going to get good quickly, in in a, in a much faster time now, and it's going to be shared faster than ever. So the transfer of information is much higher. But it's okay. Like let That's the players good get good. Let the let the stuff get figured out and embrace it. Like when Fortnite embraced rocket writing instead of you know patching what could have been a bug, that was amazing. But when they began patching other things that were discovered. It's like, man, you let these guys like figure this out after years of playing the game or months, and it's like a cool tech, and then you remove it because it doesn't fit the product imagery. Like sometimes you just gotta let it be, man. Let it yeah. let it ride out. And uh, 
that's where H1 went wrong after season three. They started literally like changing the basically, game. Basically, yeah, changing the game, fixing what wasn't broken, movement, strafing, etc. Try to make it more polished as different type of product. That's just leaving what it was. So that, that, that's where I'm at. But John, I mean, we're we're running on and on. These are supposed to be quick hits as we ramp things up. You can see quickly we can start taking away some of these conversation points. We have much more to talk about in the in the coming weeks. This has been pretty much a full recap of what's going on from throughout the last couple of weeks and just talking about gunplay john if you haven't just research what shroud is building with good homie what's his name OG sacriel old school armor gamer daisy gamer if you haven't seen what he's building with sacriel that game will be primarily based around gun mechanics gunplay because that's what shroud is big on so they're also building a game all these creators are love it love it love it games awesome well this is great i think we i think we freaking nailed episode 28 in the freaking coffin bro we did it it's a good app yes sir lots to talk about guys well with that don't forget to send all your complaints to me at the fortnite podcast gmail.com we're there we'll see what you're shooting on over to us i've been monster d face hosting this bad boy you can find me at monster d face on all socials connor where can they find you throughout the week as we start signing off you can find me on twitter connor neo underscore and sometimes tiktok same at i post a video once a month Yes, sir. Let's put a ribbon on it. And Mr. John Rush, where can we find you? John W. Key Rush on Twitter. Say hello. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Go say hi to the old John Rush. With that, guys, we'll see you guys next week for another episode. I think we'll be doing a Fortnite podcast episode this week coming up, and then we'll take a mini break. I'll be traveling for the FNCS and all competition-related things. So I'll be in Copenhagen. It's going to be busy times for me trying to juggle the the time zone difference. So we'll see if we can get some filming on the calendar. But um, we'll chat soon, guys. So until next time, don't forget to dance out those kills and boost those victory else. Peace, y'all.